Well, welcome back to the Spoken D podcast with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. You know, Matt, interestingly enough, before we get into the topic, you know, I was just sort of browsing through and sort of the, the most viewed topic that we talked about was sort of a more controversial topic for, with a little edge to it. So it seems like people like it a little more debate and rather than just pure education. So uh, I think you might have a topic for us today that's even sort of on every, everybody's mind currently also. So it's pretty current. Yeah, we thought about uh, talking about AI this week and specifically how AI is coming a little bit into healthcare um, and potential outcomes on people's mental health. Chat, I think it's Chat GPT has picked up a lot recently. Um, it's a a free free version of AI that, that you can get in and ask questions or ask it to do things and um, so AI, what is AI? Artificial intelligence, okay. the uh, computer, internet, all that doing its own thing. All right, not space invaders or something <laughs> like that. Huh? Not yet. So, uh, so when I think of, before we get into chat, GBT, you know, uh, I've had some, I mean, we might have talked about this a little bit before, but I've had some interest in artificial intelligence from the use of, like electronic medical records, mm -hmm. using artificial intelligence, using bots, you know, running around in, you know, uh, not literally, but, you know, sort of little bots running around inside your uh, computer looking for certain words or taking um, spoken language from somebody else and getting it into a document. But this sounds like it's on a whole new level. To some degree, it's probably not that different. Right. The the popular one, or I guess one of the more talked about ones with chat GPT that have come out is kids are asking it to write papers. Now whether or not they're actually handing in those papers or it's just fun to to use it. I'm sure not one <laughs> student out there has handed in a paper using <laughs> AI. Right. <laughs> um but essentially you're just asking it to go out to the internet and you know, look for most popular versions of the story, so it's in real time reading what's available and then summarizing it like we do for papers, right? Most most of that isn't a unique thought. It's just regurgitating what someone else has already published in your own words. And the, the artificial intelligence is able to put it into uh, its own words, so to speak. Well, sort of regurgitating and maybe synthesizing it with a novel thought or a new thought <laughs> at least that's what the teacher hopes that you have coming out of your brain yeah because that's the big difference right with with ai you don't get the novel thoughts that's the you know in anything we've we've tried to do with ai that's the still the gap between artificial intelligence and human intelligence is it can only do exactly what it's told it can't problem solve it can't take that next step so if it's like uh just for fun, we were playing around with it because I heard there was a teacher who said, well, if kids are going to hand in papers when, from ChatGPT, I'm going to ask ChatGPT to grade the papers. So I was like, oh, well, do that. So we, <laughs> we put it in and it said, I'm not capable of the thought process to grade something. Right. right? So it, that uh, problem-solving level, the, the level that it takes more thought than just look for for switch A and turn on switch A, but should you turn on switch A, it can't answer should. So if somebody wrote a program 
to how to grade papers in this on this topic, it could based on if that it, information. As long as it's following the instructions, right? So does it have 500 words? Yes, no, check the box. Does it have 10 cited sources? Yes, no, check the box. If it can specifically go to the place and say yes, no, but it's still, I guess, from a computer terminology binary, right? It's a zero or a one, yes or no. But it does have some learning capabilities is that it can become better at what it does if it's doing a repetitive task over time. Right, this is the, that would be more in the, the realm of chess, right? Which I think right. we touch on once, but that's why chess has taken the huge leaps in the last uh, decade or two because AI and the computer algorithms can analyze chess at such a deeper level than humans currently can that 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 is outpaced human capability currently. Okay, so artificial intelligence is just like anything else on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we're not to the place yet where it can fully sort of learn on its own and and develop novel thought. Right. I mean there is that I think there's a robot that someone built that's trying to do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if any of this is true or not, but somewhere I think I saw that it's more or less said, uh, destroy me before I destroy humans type of, type of thing. Yeah. Is the, the I know, Terminator but, thing that was going down, right? Yeah, but I, I think there is some fear from people about that, that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this sounds good, you know. Hey, I have a term paper due in uh, – uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> right. I can say something into it. Hey, give me this and give me footnotes, uh, 100 footnotes to go with it. Uh, but uh, we, in the behavioral health world, especially mental health, uh, once you have something like this available, you're going to have people, and there have been, producing some products mm -hmm. to try and hopefully help people. But there's probably um, pros and cons to anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the, you know, just short-term thinking about it, some current examples that I think we can maybe tie to of down, down the road impact, right? Is I think first one that comes out whenever we talk AI or any advancement is, what is it gonna do my job, right? How many jobs is it gonna take away from people? And this, I'm sure it came across, you know, the first time cars came because now you didn't need railroad work, you know, or X, Y, Z. I, I don't know the exact progression, but technological advancement makes some forms of labor. Um, well, look, Tesla's taking away the showroom, right? Right. Doesn't need the salespeople. When they're trying to go to oh. artificial driving. Yes. Right? Do you need truck drivers anymore? Right. Which, uh, I still think we do. I don't think <laughs> auto driving <laughs> is there yet. But this is the initial fear, right, is... Am I going to become obsolete, especially if you're already in the workforce? Because then where are you at in your capability to completely relearn or readjust yourself to go into the modern world, so to speak? Um, and I don't know how, how much you, experience you've had on that or mental health from maybe not AI specifically, but things that are have had or potentially have the same outcomes or at least fear level of what AI may be bringing. Well, that's just like we know that there are speech algorithms going on that some of the 
internet engines have used or looked into to look at if you have a difference in speech pattern, you might be at a higher risk or you might be a potential that you have suicidal ideation, right? And then what's done with that information? Is it then sent to a, you know, an agency that looks and you have somebody coming knocking at your door? So I sort of think of things from a research perspective. So you have population-based, which AI is based off of, right? Mm -hmm. If we take all this information, this is sort of what we look at. But when you uh, um, attach it and try to decipher on an individual level, then you talk about you know, specificity and sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And even having, once you go off 100%, then you're either not specific to what you want to find or the sensitivity is even though um, you're not able to pick up what you want to pick up. So uh, you, I think you it's a good tool to use. So we, as we've talked about, we've started using it a little bit to gather some um, prehistory on patients. We're trying to do that. But that doesn't mean that when they come in the session, we're not asking them questions, clarifying uh is this relevant? How relevant? Did it take down the information <laughs> correctly? So it can be a tool. My fear is that, uh, say, I develop a therapy app using AI. Mm -hmm. It's going to go after certain conditions with the same type of uh, one voice, let's say, or maybe you pick from five voices. Mm -hmm. But it has a limited response repertoire. Yep. So... Uh, you've had this happen to you. Well, this is the type of comments that you sort of need. Well, that might be the type of comments you need, and that might not be the type <laughs> of comments you need. So, so AI would be the almost the opposite movement of personalized medicine. It's really going back to based on the general group. This is the average that or the majority of what people respond to. So everybody just gets the cookie cutter. You say X, you get Y. Yeah, I sort of think of it, uh, and there used to be a, a person who used to write columns. So you have kids who act out, students who act out in school, you know, mm -hmm. second, third, fourth graders, and they're acting out in the school setting. So you said, okay, this behavior modification program is going in place. And if they don't have severe, you know, some significant mental health issues, it might work great for the uh, average average student who doesn't have uh, behavioral health diagnoses on on top of that. But once you add that into the mix, that 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 behavior modification program wasn't set to address those twenty or thirty percent of the students. It was meant to address the seventy percent of the students. But you're applying it to them, so you're applying it to everybody. So those 30%, you actually might be making worse. Mm -hmm. So that's our fear. And I think since I deal a lot with treatment-resistant population of things, that um, uh, usually when things are developed, uh, people want to make a profit off of them, right? <laughs> so they're going after the masses. They're not going after uh, sort of, you know, the more limited numbers that that might actually be a detriment to. Yeah, the cost benefit of how it outplays, right? And how much they're willing to, or 
will share on the front end of this is a product, this is what it's great at, is it going to tell you the potential risks of it also? Right? Yeah, it's like doing research and you have uh, you have two, uh, 200 subjects in your research study and, hey, I found this and so this applies to everybody. Then you go look at the research study and it was 200 white males living in one certain city in the U.S. So that only pertains to that limited population, but that's not what people say. And I, you know, we were having a conversation earlier today about deep fakes and where uh, you can use AI potentially to pretend you're another person mm -hmm. and put information out like that person saying it who's very influential when that person really wasn't going to say that. And maybe it takes 24 hours for that to get spotted by the system, but we know how fast information sort of travels now. Mm -hmm. That that's already been sent out there, right? Yep. So, I, I mean, we have it's a lot of fun, and, and there's a, a lot of potential uses for it. But where is it? Um, where are the dangers of it current in its current state? I think that's what's sort of important. It's great looking at. Uh, you want to come up with a job post, right, mm -hmm. uh, for sort of like a human resources director or something like that. Um, it can go out and find you what the tasks are for that type of person, what the duties are and that. But when you get into talking more about emotional components and some of these things, uh, I think you need to be uh, a little bit careful. Yeah, I think the where it's going to go. Right, and I think this is where the fear comes from, and preparing yourself is a best as best you can will minimize the impact it has. Right, is how the next generation is trained essentially for the workforce. Oh, because thinking about it, you know what I'm about to go through is. Because I was on the cusp of the internet, right? So that wasn't... Right. It has changed school, but I had that effect in school. What is the big debate, right? But now, now we're just dealing with it, is smartphones changed how we teach math, right? Because mm -hmm. it used to be you have to know how to do math because you don't have a calculator on you all the time. Well, now everyone has a calculator, so the argument was, well, no one needs to learn how to add. They need to learn how to push buttons into their phone. So <laughs> we no longer are really teaching how to do the calculator's job. We're learning how, why we put into the calculator what we put into the calculator to make sure the right answer comes out. So I think, to some degree, instead of teaching kids how to go research, it's going to be taught, well, how do you put in the information into the system to have the research done for you. So, so something just popped in my brain and is actually, to me, uh, very, very scary. If, if, so if you think about this going generation after generation, right? Mm -hmm. So the more you teach, come up, um, enhance artificial intelligence, are you leading to a more dumbing of human intelligence? Because if you're saying, okay, you're going to stop teaching addition, subtraction, uh, calculation, all those things, you know, uh, like theoretical calculus. I have no idea how to do, but certain people do. Uh, but 
and you allow on these AI apps and you start – you stop developing that knowledge, mm -hmm. where does new – where do new inventions come from? Mm -hmm. People have this knowledge and things have been pushed to a certain level and now they have extra information that they can use that knowledge with and they're able to develop new things. But if you've developed a system and uh, – but you stopped training your own people at the same time, there becomes a point where they can't teach the system mm -hmm. anymore because it's smarter than they are. But they're so far behind, it's sort of like certain countries who uh, stopped population growth for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Limited how many children could be uh, born within the population. And what we're hearing now is that, uh, oh, oh, folks, uh, we're looking uh, – like 10, 20 years down the road, we're not going to have the current population to be earning enough money to take care <laughs> of the older population. Not only that, we're not going to have the workers to be able to supply everything we need for the people that we have. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing both concurrently, that is a very dangerous game as society moves forward. Yeah, the you know, <laughs> example that popped in my head and – we're nowhere near this, I don't think, but it's the, the scariness of it, right, is if we we go a little bit different route, you know, we, we hear all the time, especially fast food, how do we cook the food without people? All right. How do we make? So people are going to learn to program how to cook food, but they're not actually going to cook the food. And as a society, at least in America, we're going away from cooking at home to we need food efficiently and fast. So. We're kind of the meal delivery if you still want to uh, cook, you know, the order all the, and right. everything comes packaged and you just cook it. But we're going more and more to, you know, Uber Eats and those things where it's a restaurant delivers it. But if the restaurant isn't staffed and one day the system goes down, who remembers how to cook food, right? <laughs> who remembers how to light a fire? Right. And this is a... Uh, you know, I think some people's hypothesis on how evolutions happen, you know, there's always that question, oh, those great pyramids of Giza, no one knows how they were built. Was there some ancient society that was way more advanced than we are and got to a point that the technology failed and no one <laughs> knew how to <laughs> right. do anything, and then we had to start all over again. So, yeah, the it sounds great to go towards, oh, well, we get a only use the higher sectors of our thought process and we're uh, only focused on the parts of our existence that are what other things can't replicate, right? But then when you have to do it, if you're, you get into a situation where that the <laughs> rudimentary skills are necessary, the calculator breaks and we and we got to pay for something. Well, what's two plus two? Oh, I don't remember. So you can't buy it. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, those are. How, how's that work? Yeah. So so to go another and to bring it back into mental health a little bit, I think where it can be useful, um, just a very specific example, is we have adults and kids with a very high social anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, so they, they don't get jobs or they – they try not to – they can't go to school. They can't get out of the classroom, and they're just paralyzed with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have emotional support animals, but you can't always have your emotional support animal 
um, in school or these different places. So I do see um, if it can be sort of a way station towards getting to actual contact and interacting with actual humans that you have, you know, app on your phone or some something you're carrying around that's giving you constant feedback in a positive nature, helping to calm you down, uh, and and can develop some specific things, um, calming um, phrases that work for you specifically that you can sort of teach it or others. You know, you've worked with a therapist and they've put it in there. Sort of like when you uh, uh, go to sleep and you have the hypnotic music <laughs> and all those things that are there. But those types of things could be very useful. But they have to be paired then with uh, more of a another program where you are – trying to connect that person to interact with real people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, their world, and I think this is where some of that other fear becomes with some of the video game stuff that are becoming so immersive. Uh, one of my patients just told me about a 3D headset that's coming out for the latest version of some of these games. But uh, that becomes your world. Mm-hmm. And so much your world that when you leave that world, you really – you're still in that world, so you don't really interact with the outside world as much. When you leave that world, now you're on, uh, you know, like you're going on break. Yeah, it's <laughs> that just sparked a, a thing I saw the other day, but I think, you know, this is where the fear in AI is kind of going, is when you interact with AI, you're getting back what you put in, right? So it's more or less matching you. And the appeal for a lot of people in the, the virtual world or the real immersive games is, oh, it's the storylines, the the feedback I get is rewarding, right? So I saw, uh, it was a, a meme, right? But it was more or less, I take off my virtual headset and I realize the graphics of the real world are great, but the storyline sucks, mm-hmm. right? My, my, my life storyline is not what I want it to be. So I'm constantly pulled back to the, the storylines that I feel good about and how how much is AI going to take the attention when, oh, if I interact with someone else, I don't get the feedback I want, but this thing that's learned when I say certain things, it responds a certain way and it's always giving me exactly the interaction I want to have. How does that make it more difficult to interact with people who aren't going to give you the feedback that you want all the time? Yeah, which makes could make it hard to stay in the job, right? Yeah, because <laughs> you're trying to move. So job or family or yeah, it's just everything, anything, right? Because it it's more difficult when you're not in control of it, yeah. or it's not scripted for you. So your your um, spectrum of feeling emotionally comfortable could really shrink, right? And what you're able to deal with. So yeah, that is that is rather scary. And if you you know. Maybe it's not so bad at once when you're just sort of doing this and you have some friends. But over time, that just shrinks down and down. So I, I think what's really interesting is that when you have these open source formats, um, you know, are there going to be any controls, regulations, or just people vetting the different things and who's going to listen to who along those those lines? So it does have a tremendous amount of uh, – uptick that could be very positive, right? Mm-hmm. But you also always have to be aware of the potential negatives. So I think uh, 
job security, go into the cyber <laughs> crime world, go into developing AI. I mean, it's a fascinating area. Mm -hmm. uh, I know as we've worked to try to just integrate some of that with um, our own systems, um, it's been very fun to work with, a very frustrating at times because to get to interact with other systems can be difficult. But um, I think it's good for people to sort of have a little bit of, be a little skeptical mm -hmm. of everything they see and how wonderful it is. I mean, you've already seen that. Oh no, what some people are saying it can do, it really can't do yet, right? Yeah. So I think that's a good uh, place to end and we can talk about it more as time goes on. Yeah, I think it's a, an interesting topic. It's across healthcare, AI is coming in, right? I think the, the point you made is country levels, I'm not sure about worldwide, population is decreasing in the generations. So we have to get more efficient with the workforce because the amount of labor we have to put in isn't what we need to replace. And if we don't get more efficient, we're, we're in trouble <laughs> to some degree. Um, so we have to get comfortable with it. The question is, where does it fit best and how do we incorporate it without alienating or causing lots of problems along the way? Okay. Well, I think that's a good thought to end on. So thank you for joining us on this spot, podcast of Spoken D. And if uh, you have any comments, concerns, or if you would like to suggest some topics or some segues from other topics, we would love it. So thank you much. Have a great weekend. Mm -hmm.